0: Welcome to episode 5 of Down Under The Ring. I am your host, The Warship, and I'm joined, as always, by Fed McAwesome. We are in the go-home week of All In, the biggest wrestling show of all time. How are you feeling, Fid?
1: Uh, I am hyped. This week is going to be an interesting week. We're building up, as you said, to the biggest uh, wrestling show of all time. As confirmed, it has broken the records as long as you ignore WWE numbers and there's things happening that are building up to this there's a lot of question marks i actually have a few questions we'll get into a bit later on regarding all in but yeah it's going to be an exciting week i'm genuinely excited for all in this weekend
0: We've had so many big things happen this week. It's actually been, you know, I've been saying it for weeks and weeks. We've been talking about maybe this week will be a slow week. And then by the time it's recording time, it's no, we've got a full page where the stuff to talk about. This week is no different at all. This week, we are going to be talking about so many things, including the big, bad, scary CM Punk being horrible to everybody in the world, apparently, (laughs) as well as, Tony Khan, the card for All In, Samoa Joe, The Judgment Day, as well as a few other of the things we love. And we can't forget our boy, yeah, LA Knight, coming through with another update as we do every week.
1: Yeah, let's kick things off straight away, why don't we, with the big question coming out of Smackdown this week. What is the situation with Mr. Edge?
0: Young Adam Copeland. Yep. The boy with a dream. The boy for the last (laughs) The boy for the last twenty five years has been entertaining all of us. Uh, it looks like not too sure, but it looks like it might be time to ride off into the sunset. As far as the WWE goes, what do you think about? Yeah, look,
1: he made it pretty clear uh, after the show went off the air um, that he is not going to be making it back to Canada. That was his last show. He'll probably be doing in Canada. Doesn't think he'll make another year around the circuit. It's he's definitely on the. It's also confirmed that was the last match on his current deal. Not to say that he's not going to go back and negotiate a new deal, whether that be a few final dates to wind up the career or whether it be a Legends deal or whatever, but that also does open up the question that all AEW fans have definitely dream booking at the moment is will he go and have one last match with christian will he go and do a bit of a? because look this last match on smackdown was definitely a big thank you to sheamus giving him a really good match as a thank you for him being the one who basically encouraged him to get back in the ring does he cross over and walk through the forbidden door and give FTR a thank you for being the guys that basically got him ring ready. That's the
0: thing. That's the big question. And it's the reason why, too, because I've read today that Edge's contract doesn't actually expire till late September. So you may get another match out of him before he does whatever he's going to do. Obviously, with FTR and their, you know, best friend in Edge, because really they live like three houses down from each other. They're all good buddies. Yep. The question does really come up is he going to go there? Because he stated multiple times that the person that he wants to have his life Last match with is christian and right now man christian is so hot on the heel side of things him and edge one more time around because you could sell it so well you could have christian come in and give him a big hug and love him and everything and then he just goes crazy because edge is here to take the championship from christian that he definitely has it's definitely his one it's not luchasaurus's one and it would be an easy story to tell plus then you know, you could also have them kick it for a little bit longer. Maybe we get that match that we've all been speculating about with the Hardy boys and the Dudley boys. Because right now, with Devon Dudley saying, yeah, I'll come back for a match or two, and the Hardys, mm-hmm. you know, one they get stand up from the wheelchairs long enough to wrestle, they can have a good match still as well. So, yeah, it's, is it now the time? Is it, you to know, strike while the iron's hot? Do you do what you need to do? Because Christian can still go, Edge can still go. Yep everyone else we've just talked about can still go do you have a couple of matches do you have a big tlc-esque match with the boys and then do you wrap it up with edge versus christian and
1: look rvd in the last couple of weeks has proven that you can have a deal on the table with wwe that is signed sealed and ready to deliver in a few months time and still walk through the forbidden door have a couple of matches have some fun and go back over to wwe there's nothing There's nothing stopping Edge from going over, having a few matches, and then basically going and signing a Legends contract to get paid and sit at home.
0: The thing I find really interesting is is that we were talking about this before Edge came back. Because before Edge came back, he went to Tony and he said, hey, I'm not doing anything. WWE won't clear me to wrestle. Can I wrestle here? Tony said, hey, man, sure. I'll give you this much money and you can come do it. And then Edge said, hey, Vince, just letting you know, this guy's offering me this. And Vince said, pal, I'll put you back on. And he did. So it really was because Vince was scared of losing Edge that he made the deal in the first place. So now now that Edge is saying that's it, will they try to keep him again or will they let him go and do this
1: thing? Look, there's so many different opportunities here and I have no doubt that Edge is going to choose what's right for Edge, whether that be financially or whether that be just to get a few matches out that he really wants to have. Look, as we said, he's got a guaranteed legends contract at WWE when he's done doing what he wants to do.
0: And he deserves it too. Oh. He deserves the choice. Whether it's to say, hey, let me have this match with my pretty much brother and then I'll be on my way. Or, you know, even I could see a world where AEW even lends Christian to the WWE. Mm. If they need to. Yeah. so
1: I was actually genuinely surprised that Christian didn't have a video package on this week's episode of SmackDown because we've had Jericho send in video packages for Cena and things like that. So uh, I was yeah, surprised we didn't yeah, see it. Yeah, it was
0: weird. It was definitely a little bit of a an like, uh, oversight, I think, yeah. on their behalf. It could have been on purpose, though. Absolutely. As far as I'm aware, Christian has left on good terms. Yeah. But that does lead us into Edge's other mates, FTR.
1: Absolutely. It's been an interesting week surrounding FTR. That time of <laughs> recording this, it's forty-eight hours, right? Of news about Cash Wheeler. Just to fill things in, Cash Wheeler was arrested and oh actually he handed himself in. There was a warrant out for his arrest. He handed himself in. He has been to court. Court has basically found they've found him guilty and he's on pre-sentencing for essentially a road rage incident where he flashed a gun and from all accounts it sounds like he's had no restrictions put on him apart from he's not allowed to have a firearm he had to hand in any firearms he owns and he's not allowed to contact the person that was in the incident with him and he's agreed to all of those and by the sounds of it he can still travel to london for all in and by the looks of the everything that happened on collision today that's still planning on going ahead with everything yeah yeah look interesting situation i'll be honest myself i was a wee bit disappointed when i heard about this does this do any damage to cash cash or do we just move on and hope that the internet does what the internet does and just forgets about it and moves on
0: or does it add a little bit of mystique? You know, does it add a Arn and Tully vibe to him, making him a little bit more of the vet? You know, yeah. the I'm not afraid to drink beer and pull a gun on you kind of guy. <laughs> you know,
1: it, d- it does. You could potentially lean into it that you know, out of the two of them, because Dax has positioned himself as the talker and probably the more level headed out of them, and so you could definitely lean in that Cash is the the loose unit.
0: Oh, come on, though. You remember the Hall of Fame when that guy tried to fight Bret Hart? That was where we first saw it. It was. It, it was. Yeah. I forgot
1: all about that.
0: <laughs> Dash just beat the fuck out of the guy for yeah. it, too. That good shot right in the yeah. head. Almost like Sugar today. That's what it was just, boom, go to sleep. So I'm really interested to see what they do with it. They could push it for sure. I could see Cash being the hard bitch in the I, team for sure. I tell
1: you what, I had a ball last night just going through Twitter and looking at the memes. <laughs> and they were beautiful. There were some hilarious ones in there. I don't know if you saw the Simpsons one that I tweeted from the Down Under the Ring account.
0: Ah, oh, yes, I did. Very good. Yeah.
1: Definitely go check that out if you get a chance. But, yeah, that was the only, literally the only one that I was like, that's worthy of us sharing. But worth having a look. It was hilarious.
0: Again, I'm going to go on a little bit of a tiny tangent. It gives me the vibes of Sid Vicious being terrified of an altercation with one of the boys and going to the car and getting his squeegee. Did you ever hear that story? Oh, my God. It's the best thing in the world. I'll, I'll send it to you later.
1: Oh, I have to have a read of that. It sounds like nuts. <laughs> there was also the comparisons that were happening with the the Glock promo that happened earlier in the year with AEW.
0: Uh, now it's real.
1: All right, moving right along. Chris Jericho and Callis, they finally had their segment this week where Jericho was going to let him know whether he was in or out. He did the promo and basically said, look, everyone's left me and I've made my mind up. I'm in. I want to be part of the Don Callis family. And they're about to leave the ring and he's like, oh, what's the picture? And they're ah, don't worry about that. I'll send it to you. Anyway, goes and has a look, unveils it, and it's a photo of Callis with a beheaded Jericho. Basically, he had thought that Jericho was going to turn him down. He was going to cut a promo and basically say, You're nothing. And by the sounds of it, he was. I'm truly prepared because he had backup with him.
0: Yes, yes. All of a sudden, Osprey appears and just gives him the most unnecessary fucking chair shot in the history of wrestling, almost, I think, <laughs> because it didn't need to happen at all. No. As I've been listening to a few people talk about it, and I saw it, and I'm fully in agreement with it, too, because, yeah, he hits the hidden blade, and that's good. You know, he put the finish over, do a good spot with that. And then he just brutalizes Jericho with this chair shot. Jericho busts over. So the whole deal, and then they—it it gets to a point where Jericho gets hit in the head with the pitcher, and obviously it's glass, so it shatters as well. But there's no time to breathe for it. It's just bang, and there's no sell of the whole thing. And yeah, I, I liked the whole. Willie, won't he gimmick but the execution felt a little bit rushed to me
1: uh, look i think everything with this jericho callas breaking up of the jas situation has been super rushed like every single beat of yeah. it, it everything except for that segment last week where they walked out and it took half an hour to get through everybody has seemed rushed be interesting to see where it goes i think this match is going to be a banger at all in Jericho and Osprey, I think, will it'll be a it'll be a lesson in how to pull together an amazing match. That one,
0: and like, we did speak about it a few weeks ago as well. We were like, "How are we going to get here?" And I guess they just took the quickest possible route to do it. It's a little bit unfortunate. Obviously, they didn't have enough time to prepare for it, but that doesn't make any sense. When you're running a million dollar wrestling organization, you should always have time to do that. But for whatever reason, they've just thrown it all together in the last two weeks. This is
1: historically, though, something that Tony's really bad at but ends up, I don't know how he does it, he ends up pulling off an amazing pay-per-view every single time. But he has all this time between pay-per-views, right? Generally three months between them on AEW, right? And he books these pay-per-views, like the angles going into them are usually two to three weeks beforehand, and it does always seem rushed uh, but like I said he manages to do it and still pull off banger pay-per-views 99% of the time.
0: Yeah like it, it obviously it comes down to the breadth of the talent that he actually has on the roster hmm. like at the end of the day like it would be really easy to say oh you know Tony's a shit booker and he's not he just Throws things together and it feels like it's the last second. And but then the good thing about that is, is that the talent just go okay, and they just go out and have five hundred star matches. So
1: WWE's been doing this for fifteen plus years, booking a pay per view in one month because they have to. They're forced to do it because they insist on having a pay per view every single month. Sometimes two pay per views within a calendar month, and you know they've been doing it. I think because we know that AEW has longer that we just expect them to cook those storylines a bit further.
0: Yeah, I guess as a wrestler and a wrestling fan, I'm always used to the idea of you guys have got one to two months to get this match over rather than one to two weeks.
1: Do you think that due to the fact that they're not trying to sell tickets to this, that... Is the reason why they haven't bothered writing these stories? I almost feel like
0: it's like a, it's a fuck, you know. I almost feel like it's a, hey, we already sold it out. Fuck you. I'll do what I want. (laughs) That's how it feels, you know. It's a kid with his toys who knows that all the kids want to come over and watch him play with them. Yeah.
1: Yeah. He's got the Chase toys as well. So you know that everyone's going to want (laughs) to watch. All right, since we're talking about All In, we've got one of the most interesting angles happening at the moment in AEW is MJF and Adam Cole. They're going to be opening the show and closing the show, uh, which I still can't get over. That is happening. And they've gone into, uh, in Dynamite this week, they've had a whole vignette, which all of these vignettes have been hilarious. This one here was, instead of them building to their match this one was building to the match with aussie open so they go to the aussie what is it the australian steakhouse or outback steakhouse or whatever they call it the place that all australians who have ever been to know that it's not australian at all (laughs) look great segment it ends up though with them back at the venue practicing their trap for aussie open and they end up giving a uh, double clothesline to one of the backstage workers I can't, his name has totally gone from my head he's a great dude but anyway but this here's interesting because it ends up with tony khan being involved in the segment pulling them into an office ripping them a new one for clothes lining staff backstage and just being menaces and then they finish off the segment is this the first
0: time that tony's been on the show in a non i'm tony khan and welcome to the show capacity
1: it's the first time on a main show he has done it on dark where he's... Ca-
0: That's not a real show. Yeah, 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 That's yeah, a yeah. lie. You're-
1: he's done it on dark where he's come out and made matches. I think he may have actually done it on Dynamite during the pandemic era as well. He's come out and gotten mm-hmm. involved, but it was just him booking a match to drive a storyline. But it's definitely the first time he's been involved as a character.
0: Yeah, it definitely had a lot more of the Vince McMahon, damn it, vibe to it than it did the I'm just Tony Khan vibe.
1: Oh, it was more of a... I'm Tony Khan trying to do a version of Vince McMahon, but I don't have the uh, grapefruit to be Vince McMahon.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Who does, though? Who does in the world? Nobody.
1: I did hear some speculation, and this one, the speculation actually came from Bully Ray that this could be building to tony khan getting involved in the match at all in
0: yeah i don't know about that i think i really don't know about that. i was just about
1: to ask that because i personally think bully ray is not on the money here i I tend to lean towards the fact that it was just driving this segment and making the segment funnier
0: yeah look i I usually agree with bully because bully's fantastic in just about every way Mm. but i do think that this might not be the case i think that It just came across a little bit more like a everybody knows that Tony runs the company, and it's a little bit of a tongue-in-cheek, hey, I run the company, what the fuck were you doing? Vibe to it. Rather than if you don't do that, (laughs) you know, there's none of that going on.
1: Also, it's hilarious hearing Tony try to be authoritative. Yeah, Don't imagine he's a yelling person as a boss. I imagine him I mean, more... I feel
0: like he pays people for that. Yeah, I
1: imagine he's more of a... I'm just really disappointed.
0: And also, here's this gigantic person to yell at you once I leave the room and I'm on my plane very far away. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly right. Since we're talking about Tony, he's had been in the news in the last week as well. Things have been coming up when it comes to CM Punk. And essentially, he's got a bit of heat with the boys, apparently.
0: Yeah, I've been reading about this all week as well. The problem is stemming from the fact that the the boys in general have a bit of a feeling that Punk can do no wrong in the eyes of Tony Khan. Like, to the point where he was seen chanting CM Punk in the gorilla position when Punk returned, uh, people are saying they don't feel like they can voice any concerns with him because he's going to get in trouble with the boss. And if that's the case, I'm, I'm legit pretty disappointed as well because you can't have one guy be the guy in the company that controls the boss, you know, and sometimes that's a vibe that you don't want to have ever. You don't want to be the guy who has a champion or someone of authority within the company... As much as you do, yeah. Like that, and that's a bit of an issue because you know I've seen it in the indies too, where people will say, "Oh, I know the boss. I'm best friends with the boss, and that's why I'm getting a title match." Yeah. Or you know, there's a lot of that vibe, and it does really ruin the locker room when that happens.
1: Yeah, this is what I will say though. I if the only thing that I have heard this week, at least, is the fact that he was chanting CM Punk, and that was the reason why. I th- would find it hard. To not get wrapped up in that moment. And I think that would be definitely a part of it. Like just getting wrapped up in the whole moment and chanting CM Punk because it's the first time you've had a stadium chanting CM Punk, knowing CM Punk's about to walk through the, the curtain. I can't help but think that particular moment's not a good one to use as an example. I think there are other examples like potentially last year at All Out where the guy is sitting there nodding and go, "Yes, Punk. Yes, I agree." Yeah. Oh no, that was my fault, Punk. Oh, sorry, I should have said something. Like using that example as a way, like he was he pussed out. <laughs> Literally
0: any podcast he's on that mentions CM Punk, he does the same thing. It's and what do you think about the controversy at the moment with CM Punk? And he's, I'd love to speculate on the AEW fans being so good and the AEW matches are so good, and we're really glad just to have good wrestling on our shelves like he always just jumps past yeah but he never addresses it he's i can't speak to that but what i can speak to is aew has a big willy there's never any reference whatsoever to the situation at hand he's just good at doing that but it does also honestly come across like he's always just avoiding the issue and boy oh boy Boy, do we have issues this week as it relates to CM Punk. It has been a non-stop week of reports about how much of a piece of shit he is and all this kind of stuff. And a lot of it, for me, sounds a little bit like sour milk, but... Yeah, there's, there's, I'll let you give a bit of a rundown on the stuff Well, that's here.
1: what I was going to say. I think it, there is a bit of sourness with when it comes to Punk because, one, he is doing a great job on screen, and if he is the one who's booking Collision, he's doing a good job.
0: I mean, I like it. I prefer to watch it over <laughs> just about every other show for yeah, 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 the yeah, weeks. Yeah.
1: But when it comes to Collision, there has been stories basically of... Wrestlers being booked to be on the show or be at the venue, and essentially they turn up and Punk's like, "Fuck off."
0: Yep, <laughs> yeah. They get to the they get to the door and there's just like a bouncer there yeah, yeah, with yeah. his It's
1: not your night tonight
0: and he's you're not you're not on the list, boy. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> come back with some girls. Yeah, it's
1: not your not it's not your night tonight.
0: Is <laughs> you just can't come through? And that includes people like Christopher Daniels, Matt Hardy, Ryan Nemeth, and hangman adam page
1: i don't think anyone's surprised that hangman adam page's name is on there and look i wouldn't be surprised if hangman doesn't want to be in the same venue as punk he's done a very good job hangman of saying nothing since all in
0: which is honestly the best response when it comes to this because unless you're working it and unless it's supposed to be an angle like you shouldn't be talking about it that that comes down to old school wrestling mentality as well is that we don't air the fucking laundry outside where it can get stolen and that's the problem is is that a lot of people with the advent of social mm. media and particularly over the last sort of three four years anytime someone's got a fucking problem on the internet fuck me it goes on there straight yeah. away first thing there's a post on twitter is, there's something somewhere and it just causes a problem that may have been nothing yeah. Into the biggest shit in the fucking world for that week.
1: By the sounds of it, almost everybody that's on this list of people who have been sent home from Collision. People who are very involved in BTE as well. Matt Hardy, regular character on BTE. Christopher Daniels, regular character on BTE. Ryan Nemeth has his own segment. I think the only one that I'm surprised at is they're sending home the head of talent relations, who is Christopher Daniels. Like, he's the guy who should be sending people home.
0: Yeah, and he should be there as well at the shows because if talent have a fucking relation problem, they should be speaking to him first. And not posting it on the fucking internet. Yeah, correct. That's where the first protocol should be. Obviously, there was a bit of a thing with that. He's just got nuclear heat on the internet. I don't know how that translates to the roster. Obviously, can't speak to that. Like we've said, the people involved are all people closely involved with the elite. So it could just be a bit of a, a bit of an issue there as it relates to the elite. Uh, obviously, Nemeth's one is probably the most impactful coming out and. Calling CM Punk the softest man alive on the internet and then Punk's, ha, ah, get out of my building. Yeah, but
1: apparently they did have a conversation.
0: <laughs> yes, yeah, he's, ha, ah, so you call me names. You want to do anything about that? No? Let me get the fuck out of my yeah, building. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So, look, I'll also, ask, if that's what went down... I'll give Punk credit for being, A, walking outside and saying, let's go have a talk in the hallway. I'll give Nemeth credit for actually going, yes, we will go and have a talk out in the hallway. That's I think, is the way it should be done. I'm not sure if sending him home was the right business, but, uh, look, that's probably the only one that has anything to it, right?
0: Look, at the end of the day, I hope he learns the lesson. And the lesson, again is don't post this bullshit on the internet. If he takes anything away from it and comes back to work next week with a completely fucking different attitude on it, cool, I'm good. You know, that's fine with me. I just don't like the fact that particularly over the last two years, I would say pretty much since this all started, the rise in social media complaining about shit. Man, can you imagine if the fucking... The Rock or Stone Cold came out on Twitter back in the '90s and was just oh. like, "I can't believe that son of a bitch, Owen Hart dropped me on my head." Yeah. You know what an unsafe worker. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> you know,
1: can you just imagine what the fuck, man? Who well, basically anybody like, that had dealt with Shawn Michaels. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: The, the Rock says, Shawn Michaels, I saw you doing blow in the toilets. Yeah. Yeah, fuck. It just would never have happened. Even if it existed then, I don't think it would have happened because the business was too important. And Undertaker was right there and he'd probably confiscate your fucking phone. Yeah, he
1: just yeeted it out in the fucking across the locker room.
0: <laughs> yeah, is that a problem that is real? Should we be talking about our locker room leaders at this point? Because, man, I know in locker rooms that I've been in, I have been around people who have been the voice of reason, the locker room leader, I would even go so far as to say there have been occasions where I have been that guy as well. And the last thing that I would do in the situation where someone else was above me in that conversation is fucking talk shit about the show when they knew that it was something that I was upset about on the
1: internet where they can see it. Like it just defies logic. Interestingly enough, right? I know more about what's happening backstage at AEW and WWE than I know is what is happening at my local wrestling fed, and I know wrestlers at that fed. And they don't. They if I even talk to them about what's happening on the show or whatever, they never mention anything backstage. Because I'm an outsider.
0: You shouldn't fucking know. No, I'm an outsider like exactly right you don't like i remember being on shows with uh internationals and i remember being backstage getting ready and someone walked in and they were like hey are you on the show and the person's no i've got a mate here and they're like get the fuck out of the building just get out of this room you are not welcome here because this is not your world everything we do out there is for you everything we do in here is for us there needs to be a separation there. Yeah, unless and you're that telling needs him to, to extend crew. to social media.
1: Yeah. Unless you tell them to ring crew, yeah. you don't need to be there.
0: If you're on the show in any capacity, yeah. if you are a, a referee, if you are a cameraman, if you, are, you set the ring up and you're a rookie, cool, yeah. you're allowed to be there because you're probably running me water anyway <laughs> because I need a drink or a beer if it's after the show. So at the end of the day, you know, there are people who are allowed backstage. The internet shouldn't be yep. at all and i remember we got under so much fire in the early days of my career when we would po- take photos with each other uh, after a show you know and we would take photos backstage and i remember the first time ever happened it was like what are you doing and I, we were like oh you know we're just excited we had a good match just like, yeah but fans can see that you can't do that yeah. that's fucked
1: man so if you're taking a selfie i imagine it's a that's for me not for the internet.
0: Yeah, and like and the thing about it is too, is think of, you know, kayfabe is dead, mm-hmm. right? Very dead. Rest in peace, kayfabe. But it exists in that circle. It exists in that bubble yep. of the wrestling ring and the wrestlers and the audience. There are different rules for different parts of each one of those things. And, yeah, it, it's, it really should extend to the main roster. It really should extend to the WWE, AEW, it should be everywhere
1: before we go any further this show is brought to you by og nerd og nerd represents the gamers the cosplayers the collectors the model makers the tattooists the artists and the athletes they are not just a clothing brand they are a subculture og nerd revel in their halcyon youth and embrace the lifestyle driven by nostalgia humble beginnings and heroes
0: og nerd strives to offer quality comfortable and above all stylish streetwear apparel inspired by a lifetime of gaming music and street art i've worked with og nerd for many years and find their apparel second to none in terms of quality and appearance whether it's at a wrestling show or a convention you'll be hard pressed to find a better armor for your rig get yours at ognerdlife.com
1: Okay, next week on Raw, we're finally getting the matchup Gunther versus Chad Gable. It's happening. How do we feel? Yeah. I'm wondering. But it's happening on Raw. But I'm wondering, dude, if we, just with the timing, are we getting what you dream booked last week?
0: Look, it's close. It's still two weeks away. Uh, two weeks away from the deadline. But it's very possible. This could be it. They have been really getting the machine behind Chad Gable this past couple of weeks. And if he loses, what does it really do for him? Other than he's the guy who almost beat the record, Mm. which again isn't the worst thing ever because at the end of the day we already have someone trying to beat a record and he will lose as well. So is it really going to hurt anybody if he loses it? No. It's going to push Chad. It's going to put Gunther in the spot where he can go for the big belt, perhaps, and it's just going to open the world up a little bit more. It, It led so many new feuds from it. It could be time. I'm not sure if it is, but it could be time.
1: Look, if you were going to book this and you have Gable win, which I think Gable, if he did win, he gets so much out of this. Do you have... Gunther go after Seth? (laughs) Yes, Yes, that's that's the answer.
0: Yes. (laughs) Immediately, because if Finn's not going to do it, which now it doesn't look like Finn's going to do it, then yes, have him beat the shit out of Nakamura and have him move on to Seth. I don't see anything else happening if he loses the belt other than him going to the world title picture in one way or another. And I
1: don't see him being involved in... The bloodline story at all. I don't see a way of getting him in there unless you're shoe, without it feeling like it's shoehorned at this point. You need more time to get to that because they're already telling a story with the bloodline.
0: Yeah. The only way that you could really do it is you need to turn him face because you're not turning Roman face at this point. He's too much of a heel until such time as he has lost everything, he has to be a heel. And I think that having Gunther as a face would be a mistake.
1: Absolutely, exactly what I was just thinking, as you were saying that. So, yeah, I, I think literally the only people, person you can do it to is Seth, and Seth is in a position where he can cross back and forth from face and heel quite well without, be, without solidly being in either camp.
0: Yeah, I think he plays a tweener very well. There are times where Seth... He is absolutely the biggest scumbag, but for the past sort of year and a half-ish, maybe a little bit longer, no, nah, it would be about a year. Yeah. Like he's been pretty consistently mostly a face. Yeah. And, you know, with the whoa oh, oh, bullshit right now, he's just getting those reactions no matter what he does. Yeah, yeah I, I think that's the logical choice, but it all depends on whether or not he loses. If he wins and Chad loses, it could be time- for chad and otis to maybe go after the tag belts instead of not doing anything except nothing at all on the shows that could be the next protocol for them is that they are getting over so much with nothing again like they're doing nothing but they're getting over a lot and if it's not a singles title for chad it's the tag titles i think
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think he does deserve the singles run though with something. I don't think the US title makes sense in this situation at the moment. So the, literally the only one that makes sense to me would be him going after Intercontinental and winning it. He
0: can't have the US title. That's going to be L.A. Knight's title. Okay, so that's a very yeah. good point. <laughs> <laughs> that being said, switch him right now. Have him have Chad go away a little bit for a second and have LA Knight dethrone Gunther because that is strong heel and strong face against each other.
1: Oh, yeah, that works.
0: That, to me, works a lot better than the bullshit we've got going on over on SmackDown right now.
1: Look, this might be the perfect time for us to talk about this week's LA Knight Moment of the Week.
0: Yes, let's roll the sound thing.
1: Let me talk to you. All right, this week, LA Knight. All right, this week, LA Knight was only on SmackDown. He was not on Raw this week.
0: No, there was only a promo, and it was from The Miz. That was it.
1: But this week, he is on SmackDown. Basic situation, Rey Mysterio is out in the ring. Theory comes out, and he challenges Rey, basically, is I want your belt, I want my belt back. And there's a whole thing going on there, and then... LA Knight comes out he saves the day the crowd erupts
0: massive reaction honestly
1: huge pop possibly one of the biggest pops I have actually heard for LA Knight on TV
0: that Toronto crowd though they are the smart crowd but they they definitely know what they like yeah
1: exactly he comes out and he challenges Austin Theory to a number one contenders match and it is basically booked on the spot
0: pushover Pierce just says yeah sure let's do that
1: (laughs) It's booked on the spot, and he is goes into the match. The match has got Miz at the ringside, and Miz basically costs him the match. Theory is now the number one contender at Payback. It's going to be LA Knight versus Miz.
0: Yeah, okay. So for me, one thing, just a real quick note, is that a lot of people have been talking mad shit about LA Knight's wrestling lately. This match was really good. It was a good match. It was a really strong match, and LA Knight looked awesome in it the whole time, and it wasn't until the schmoz at the end that, you know, led to the downfall, and it was like, it was perfectly told, I think. It was a really good story, and Miz obviously just being his usual dickhead self costing the match in the end, but... Yeah, I really enjoyed it, even though it was a losing effort for LA Knight, because what this does now is it propels LA Knight versus The Miz at Payback. That's a pay-per-view match, which we don't really get for LA Knight yet, even though he really should be in there.
1: Yeah, and it's not not a paid promotional gimmick match. (laughs) There's
0: no fucking sausages. There's no energy drinks. It's just LA Knight wrestling The Miz, and I reckon he wins and that pushes him to the next level. That's where now he'll start to say, okay, Theory, you beat Ray, and I know this jabroni here, Escobar, wants a shot. Fine, let's do a three-way. Let's do it all. Let's do a four-way. I know Ray's mad. Let's do a fatal four-way at the next show. I don't even know what that is. Let's do that, and then that's the time push LA Knight, get him further along, have him win the belt. Yep. I reckon that's where we go from.
1: Well, look, there's a tradition now in WWE, which is basically you come in from NXT, you are on the lower card, you work your way into the mid card, then you've got to work your way through the Miz card. We've taken a long time <laughs> to get to the Miz card for LA Knight but I think we're going to rush through the Miz card
0: yeah I don't see it going much longer than this I think that he'll be decisively beat and that will piss the Miz off but it will piss the Miz off in a way where he slinks away from it. I think that he may try to insert himself we might get a six pack challenge out of it he might try to insert himself into the title match after the fact but I think no matter what happens, we're probably going to see LA Knight win at the next PLE. Yeah,
1: yeah. And look, he he probably needs to get a couple of back-to-back PLE wins.
0: And look, if it's got the belt too, like from there you can do so much with him. I would love it. And I don't think we'll see it because he's really, really white hot right now. Who else was really white hot before a big heel turn? The Rock. I would love to see LA Knight become the corporate champion and really push that, you know, heel turn out of nowhere. Take it from them. Give them what they want. Give the fans everything they want and then take it away. That will push him so far, so fast. And then
1: he could basically do the whole bullshit of, you didn't get me here, I got me here.
0: And then you can slowly but steadily... Bring him back, yeah. you know, because honestly, it might not even work. And if that's the case, you get an anti hero champion, you get stone cold, exactly from the ashes of a rock idea, you get a stone cold idea. And as far as it goes, that's all that we ever talk about him being. So, and I can into definitely it. see that I feel like if he becomes the champion and then is just a face, it will make him stale so quickly. I love him, but I do feel like if he wins the belt and we get everything we want, unless he loses it again straight away, Mm -hmm. it's not going to work. Exactly. So you need to turn him fucking heel in the most brutal fashion and then let him take that belt and all the catchphrases, invent some new ones for when he turns back to being a face... And let him take all that shit. Can you imagine he comes out with a belt on his shoulder, he's got the sunglasses on, ooh, like that, and he gets in the ring and he's, let me talk to you. And the crowd just fucking, boo. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's, you know, yeah. And they start to say, shut up, that's my line. You don't say that. I say that, yeah. You know, really just push that oh, shit And the crowd forward. would
1: start chanting, yeah, to be antagonistic. It's the same thing we saw with Daniel Bryan, right?
0: Exactly right. It is... It is the smart play, I
1: think. Oh, love it. Love a good dream book. We're talking about dream matches. We had Trish Stratus versus Becky Lynch finally. However, it did end in a no contest due to interference from Zoe Stark. Uh,
0: No way. I know.
1: (laughs) Nobody saw this one coming. But it does look like we are going to get the match that Trish actually has been wanting for a long time. She's been very vocal about the fact that back in her day, she was doing bra and panties matches and five minute pay-per-view shots basically being treated as toilet breaks and they never got to do cool shit like Royal Rumbles or Steel Cage matches and so she's finally getting the Steel Cage match that she's wanted and I'm really looking forward to this. I think Trish and Becky could have a hell of a match. I think it also inside of a cage you can hide some of Trish's weaknesses that she's got. Because as much as I think she's great, she doesn't move the way she used to. She's not...
0: And also, she still smells of an era where women's wrestling was good with a question mark at the end of it. She does still come from a different it time. It was
1: as good as they were allowed to be, right?
0: Exactly right. Uh, and it wasn't until Becky's era really kicked in that you got to see women actually wrestling like they should have always been allowed to do. So now seeing trish come back and by the way let me just say trish has come back and has totally reinvented the way that she wrestled has totally taken this new era on board fully there are still niggling things here and there about the way that she moves that do smell of that old style you know it doesn't matter if it's a botch because you guys knew what we were trying to do right we're girls it's okay but there's yeah there's definitely less of that now, and I think that putting her in a cage match as well, it's really good storytelling in the sense that this fucking Zoe Stark fucking showing up all the fucking time and just being a dickhead constantly and costing matches and, you know... You remove that element. All of a sudden, you've got Zoe Stark trying to climb a cage and then getting pushed off. And maybe a sick bump for Zoe Stark through the announcers' table or something is coming for sure. I have to say
1: this. I love Zoe Stark. I think she's amazing. I think she's great at what she... And her involvement in this is doing more for her than anybody
0: oh look and all the swearing was a place of love you know for me like that's the kind of reaction you want to get from someone you know like fuck off get the fuck away just let them wrestle that's what you're supposed to do so all credit for that yeah Yeah. and moving to the cage match transitioning into this match is going to be really good I'm looking forward to it and honestly when it comes to Becky I almost got to a point where I wasn't really looking forward to much Becky matches anymore so this has helped me revitalized my my love for Becky Lynch. Yeah.
1: And just to touch on what I've mentioned about Zoe, question for you on this one. Can you think of a woman that's been called up to the main roster in the last few years that has been inserted into a storyline that has not felt like it's just filling up time on the show?
0: That isn't named... Uh, Rhea Ripley, no, yeah, okay, yeah, but yeah. in saying yeah. that when
1: Rhea was first called up as well, Rhea wasn't doing a lot really. Like Zoe's been inserted into this story very well, every th- her she has a meaning for being there, and what it's doing for her is brilliant. Like she's going to be remembered.
0: It's classic storytelling as well. We would always do this on the indies too. When it comes to introducing a new character, the best way to do it is to introduce them with someone who has some clout behind them as well. And you've got
1: two people from two generations with nothing but clout and she's adding to the story.
0: Yeah, yeah, she's able to stand out on top of all that as well. So, yeah, exactly what it needs to be, perfect for Zoe. It will push Zoe to the moon if there's some kind of payoff for it. Yep. And I'm not talking about payoff being Becky Lynch putting her in the disarmer and she's screaming and tapping out and getting victory. I'm talking about the next night on Raw. I'm talking about the next things that happen yep. after this. Absolutely.
1: Uh, now, while we're talking about call ups from NXT, uh, we've actually had an NXT call up who has not done a lot since the call up, but in the last few weeks has been very much involved in the Cody Rhodes and Finn Balor story or in the judgment day as a whole, to be honest. He's been standing around. That's something. He's had conversations in the back with Finn. And that's now. Let me get his name right on our notes JD McDonald, Scottish last name.
0: I think it's Irish, actually. Oh,
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I, I wrote him as JD McDoobie Doo. But. JD McDonagh, he's been uh, very much involved in the storyline and we're finally starting to see that he is actually involved in the Judgment Day now. It looks like he is very much a part of that unit or going to be a part of that unit.
0: Or it could be a reason for Finn to leave.
1: Okay, so that's an interesting one because that's not what I think is going to happen.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I want to hear
1: more, though. Yeah, yeah. So personally, I think JD is going to end up filling in the spot for... Priest? Yes, for Priest. Yeah, I think he's going to...
0: Oh, you think that it's going to cause Priest to be the reason... Or He's going to leave, and it's going to be because of JD. No, I
1: think Priest is going to leave due to... Finn and essentially basically he's gonna attempt to cash in or there's gonna be something going on there. I don't know the exact working here. And look, WWE's done a really good job of doing things in a way that I haven't expected lately. But essentially I think JD's been bought into Phil and Priest's spot but not Priest's role.
0: Does that lessen or strengthen the Judgment Day?
1: I think it strengthens Finn's position.
0: Yes, yeah. But so does that... So I guess what it is then is with JD coming in, it will establish Finn as the leader. Exactly. Rather than the question of who the leader is, with it being Rhea at the moment being the most likely to be the leader.
1: Yeah, or do we just end up going to a position where we have Finn continuing judgment day with jd and Rhea for Rhea and dom for a while i think Rhea and dom can go off on their own at some stage and do we just have a revolving door on judgment day like what they've done for years with the bullet club
0: like we had not to self-flagellate here but we had a pretty massive almost similar stable in EPW when I was there called The Solution and when it was three of us to begin with it was this really tight knit strong stable who could go for any belt and was always involved in the card we extended that to seven members so we got a girl we got two more guys we got another guy and at the end of the day It watered it down. You end up getting
1: an NWO situation.
0: NWO situation, yeah. At the end of the day, because we then every time the fucking music hit, there was a 50% chance it was going to be Dead Souls from the Crow soundtrack because it was going to be our music coming to the ring because that's how the shows ended up being. And the problem with that obviously is that it it saturates the whole thing a lot and it loses its punch. So one thing I don't want to see is JD just being part of the judgment day and they're all of a sudden one member stronger. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Because I do feel like at that point we're hitting that territory where you've got currently you've got any, any of them can go for the main belt and any of them can go for the tag belts and you have your women's champion who I still think could go for the main belt if she wanted to, but you've got people established in their different roles, in their different classes You add another person in and all of a sudden you've got someone challenging for the IC belt, you've got someone challenging for the tag belts. you've got someone challenging for the world championship and then they're on the show from start to finish. We've started seeing that already a little bit on Raw because they tend to be there everywhere all of the time. So, yeah, I'm just a little bit worried that at the end of the day if it's not someone leaving Judgment Day and it's adding someone to Judgment Day, that's going to do more harm than good. Yeah.
1: It's, yeah, it's an interesting story that they're telling here. What I found interesting is that the show did end very hard leaning into the fact that Judgment Day are strong, they are still together, and all the social media that's gone out afterwards has supported that, which leads me to believe that they're not strong. Yeah. and they're definitely-
0: Yeah, it leads me to believe that it's it's almost like someone just trying to overcompensate for it they're like yeah no we're real good it's fine everything's fine don't worry about the fire there's no fire it's okay that
1: fire over there no it's not there
0: no that's nothing no that's
1: that's (laughs) it's a shisha it's fine (laughs) all right now i wanted to get into a bit of bitching and getting your opinion on things
0: okay Um, you you did warn me about the bitching so yeah let us bitch. yeah yeah
1: first up the all-in card i've got a question for you Is the all in card enough? This is what I want to how I want to put it to you here. Is we've got the biggest wrestling event of all time. It's going to be bigger than any WrestleMania. I think it's dope that they have booked this match based predominantly on their own talent. Like the main event is predominantly AEW guys. Almost every match has got AEW guys in it. But the thing is they, with the matches they've got they're very much catering towards AEW fans, hardcore fans what I have concerns about is if they want to do this again next year and the year after that and the year after that, which they potentially could do if they do a great job this coming weekend are they doing enough to entertain casual fans? Because this is something that WWE do a great job of. AEW fans mock the hell out of WWE for having celebrities on the show, having musical artists on the show, having social media stars involved in the matches, all of that. However, these are the things that get mainstream attention. These are the things that get casual fans excited. These are the things that will have a casual fan Start watching your weekly show and be excited for your big event next year. Do you think that the current card and the booking is enough?
0: Okay. So my thoughts are you have got a very New Japan-esque card right now. You've got a card that is focused on your stories Everything about it is AEW, with exception to Aussie Open's match, which again is still an AEW match because Aussie Open could literally be replaced with anybody with a championship because the story is MJF and Adam Cole. Mm-hmm. You've got that match, you've got the FTR match, which is FTR Young Bucks. Again, very AEW centric, almost smart markish in its booking Correct. because it is booking based off of the knowledge that you have about All Out and The Brawl and CM Punk and everything else. That is why that match is being yep. booked. If you know about it, that's what you know. Yep. Like you don't know anything else about it. Who cares that they came out and said, oh, we think we're the best tag team in the world, but we have to beat the Young Bucks. That's not what it's about. No. Everybody knows that's Not at all. You've got the, the, the four-way with the women, which will be great and it has got that UK influence in there as well. So I think that one's a standout for me as far as them doing the right thing with it. You've got Darby Allen and Sting versus the Mogul Embassy. Now that one is, it's a marquee because it's a coffin match, you know, it's something different. A little bit of an Undertaker vibe to it, you know, so that I can see selling to a general fan. And
1: also just quickly, they're very much catering to the UK fans with this match as well because Sting this week has leaned into Joker Sting, who, if yes. you know TNA, Joker Sting was an amazing character, and TNA was over in the UK. Yes. So bringing yeah. back... Super, super So over. bringing back Joker Sting for the UK show is a smart move.
0: No, I agree. I agree. The next one, the Golden Elite, the Bullet Club Gold, It's that's a fucking schmoz. It is a schmoz match. It's its going to be high spots. It's going to be stupid shit. And it's got to have Don Callis out there early yep. as well. Now, that to me, it'll be fine. It'll be a highlight, real match. But again, deeply seated in AEW law yep. for me, anyway. Again, speaking of schmozzes, we've got that stadium stampede, which, <laughs> you know, it could be marquee if it's sold right. But there's nobody there. There are three competitors still to be named. But there's nobody there with a week to that go, says, yeah. yeah, with a week to go. Yeah, that's the thing. Are you going to put fucking Vinnie Jones in that match and you might have me on that for sure. But yeah, again, I don't even know what to say about it.
1: I actually cringed when they announced Stadium Stampede. And I think it was...
0: You know, I think it's a tie into the video game, right? That's the whole Potentially idea. Potentially
1: it is, but I think those matches are a mess to watch and doing it in the biggest stadium they've ever run, I think is gonna make it harder to watch because they've got a lot of ground to cover there, right? Um, I would have wanted any match other than that. And I feel like, literally my first response when I heard it was, can't we just have a nice event without Mox bleeding all over the place? He's gonna make a mess (laughs) of that stadium.
0: (laughs) You know what? You don't need anyone else in the match. It's okay for blood but make it Kingston versus Mox. Oh,
1: give us that. That was the match.
0: That's the match. For me, 100% the match. Uh, You don't need everyone else. You don't need the BCC. They can be involved. Hell, everyone in this match can be involved if you want them to be, but they don't need to. Put the Lucha Bros in a match with... Wheeler, Yuta and Claudio. Yep. It doesn't need to be there. That's just It's just a schmoz for the sake of a schmoz. Osprey and Jericho, obviously Jericho's a fucking megastar. It'll be a clinic. And Osprey, is he brings that smart mark, that real wrestling fan yep. element to it. So I'm okay with that as well. Punk versus Joe is the match, I think, that will bring in people, I think, because Punk is a household name now. And Joe is Joe, and he's just coming off the, the TV show. You know, you've got a little bit there. But again, unless you're bringing out fucking Rosa Diaz from Brooklyn Nine-Nine because yeah. of talking about working in that, where's the, the Again, you're right. There's no star power in the, in not the wrestling sense, but in the traditional sense WrestleMania yeah, yeah, has, yeah, yeah. you exactly. know, like bringing out someone, so bringing out something special. And then obviously you've got MJF versus Adam Cole that match needs to be fucking phenomenal. Like, you need to have a WrestleMania-level match.
1: I have faith that MJF and Adam Cole are going to have a banger of a match. I'm not questioning that one at all. I think that story will start being told in the Zero Hour, and we're going to see the conclusion of that story in the main event. I've no issues with that one at all. Like I said, the big issue for me is there's nothing else, there's nothing that is headline worthy outside of wrestling dirt sheets at the moment.
0: Put that into perspective though, I guess the other thing is is that WWE is no better for this either. Because in 2016, WrestleMania 32 when they drew 80,000 people, even though they said it's 101, <laughs> when they drew 80,000 people, the you know, the previous biggest match, or biggest attendance or, or ever, what was there? If you think about that show, what was there that was star power? There wasn't. There was no superheroes. The Homelander didn't show up. You know what I mean? You're looking back there and you've got Undertaker versus fucking Shane McMahon. They had a smoz match. They had The Rock show up which I guess is the one, yeah. right? But it was a six-second match, so fuck.
1: Yeah, I suppose you've got something there, but I just personally think that because this is their first outing doing a big stadium event, this is their mania. I hate calling it their mania, but it is their mania. I just feel like, yeah, look, it may be one of those ones where it's surprises because they don't need to book it to sell tickets.
0: Yes, and they, you know, they didn't book a single fucking match until this week. Anyway, yeah. so
1: um, while we're talking about that, this does lead me on to a couple of my other bitchy moments from this week. Um, these two, I've got two talking points here. They both lead into each other, uh, and they both lead into uh, all. And In. one of them is the CM Punk match with Joe this week. Uh, Samoa Joe was taking on a air quotes, unknown luchador and ended up being CM Punk where my issue is he squashed Joe and Joe lay there motionless at the end of the match and he lay there motionless for the entirety until it went to commercial. I, How do you feel about them squashing Joe like Punk squashing Joe just before a pay-per-view? To me as... A viewer that doesn't have a crazy amount of backstage knowledge on wrestling. I looked at it and it was like, if you can demolish him as quickly as you demolished him then wearing a mask, then it'll be a cakewalk at next time you're in the ring with him. You've already shown that you can kill the guy.
0: I feel like they needed to show more of Joe's confusion. I think they needed to show that he was not taking the match seriously. Mm. They needed to establish the fact that he was just like, oh, I've beat up all these mask guys recently. Like, this will be another one of those. And in a way, they did. But once he hit the go to sleep, particularly, it was like, and it was horrible go yeah. to sleep. But once he hit the go to sleep and he's, like, "Yeah, hey, guess what? I'm Kurt Angle. Wait, no, I'm not. I'm not good Angle at all. I'm CM Punk. Like when he did that, Joe, it should have fueled Joe. Joe should have been dazed and dizzy and all that shit. But when he saw it was Punk, he should have got up and killed a cameraman. Yeah. Like, like he should have got up and put the fucking coquina clutch on the cameraman who was zooming in on his face. That would have sold it. And then Punk's like celebrating up on the ramp. He's like, Haha, that's my, oh, my God, he's killing a person. Yeah. You know, like that, that to me would have been the moment. You know, because then it would have ended with Punk celebrating being happy, like looking down the rampway, mm. and Joe with fucking bits of spit coming out of his mouth and landing on his arms and shit, like looking at the hole yeah. through Punk, yeah. you know. And then, like, he just stands up, and that's how the show ends with a dead man at his feet, and Joe, yeah, you might have outsmarted me. But if I knew it was you'd be this dead cameraman. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So I'm glad that you agree with me on this because yeah, as a fan, I it didn't do what I think it should have done. Like to yeah, me no, Joe it was came a little off, bit campy. Joe came off looking weak, in my opinion.
0: Yeah. Um yeah, and he he never should look weak because he's fucking yeah, it's Samoa
1: Joe, like he's a monster.
0: Yeah, and like they have done a really good job of protecting it up until this yeah. Like up until this moment, they have shown him just jumping the guardrail and murdering people and killing Punk again. And, yeah, the whole thing really needed a little bit of oomph. You know, and let him get one over on him. Let him hit him with a go to sleep. Let him pin him and, you know, oh, that's funny, ha. Huh? But then have Joe snap. Yeah. Have him murder a bunch of people. Have him security run out to try to save the cameraman and have them just get fucking murdered as well, you know. Joe should have stood atop a pile of fucking dead bodies and just been like, what's next? He could have potentially taken
1: out a cameraman, taken out a commentator and other commentaries at ringside. Take out the ring announcer. I don't even know who the ring announcer is on collision at the moment, but yeah, destroy a few people. Just
0: have the black shirts from the crowd, like the security guards. Just have them get in and try and just watch him just murder them all. I know that would make him really strong but really strong Joe is what you need for this match.
1: Absolutely. And this does bring me to my last bitchy point, which is AEW went on to announce that Joe will be going for the Real World Heavyweight Championship, and that bugs me because AEW haven't acknowledged that bout at all. Punk's been the only one who has said, this is my bout I'm still champion.
0: So why is it sanctioned? It's why is it a sanctioned match? Exactly
1: my point, right? So I think it should have been Joe will be facing Punk. Uh, should, should have could have had it for the Ring of Honor TV uh, championship, uh, and Punk saying no, it's for my belt. But Punk's the only one acknowledging that it's for his belt, or even Joe acknowledging I want your belt, but AEW without it be. actually
0: being sanctioned. Yeah. 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 And, you know, if Joe wins, which he probably should, but probably won't, I think him leaving with the belt, even though it wasn't for the belt, would be a great thing. That would be excellent. And then he could parade around and be like, I got your title, you're a little bitch, let's do it again. Yeah, I could see them having a really good feud from that. Like this, it seems weird. It seems like they don't need two championships. Like I know that I've been a big proponent for them pushing... Punk's belt as the real belt, but he shouldn't be defending the real belt.
1: No. Nah. And uh, I wouldn't be you know, I, agree. I wouldn't be surprised if this ends up being Punk's heel turn at all in, by the way. Oh interesting. Yeah. I don't know how that we do that. I haven't thought that far ahead. All I've thought is I think this might be the time where we do it. Have him turn on the biggest crowd in history.
0: Do you think they'll turn on him or he'll turn on them? I, there is a chance I, when he gets there that Boo Yeah,
1: I think we will see the crowd turn on him. I think they know that, but it may also be a situation that they wait until they're in the venue and get a feeling for that crowd because you'll be able to look out at a British crowd and tell before the match. That
0: being said, it would be something to hear 80,000, 90,000 people chanting CM Punk. Like, that would be a thing. So I wouldn't be mad if they didn't turn him either because, yeah, I think that he still is the guy when it comes to what they do now from here mm-hmm. i think the mjf is the guy too yep. i think that's the match when it happens but because i do think that they need to consolidate the belts yep. and i think that the i think that the match still needs to be cm punk versus mjf for the belts yep. i think that mjf will win i do not think that cole will beat him no obviously There is always the maybe with the kingdom and all that kind of stuff. But at the same time, yeah, I do strongly feel that MJF will get past this. They will probably still remain friends, which I'm okay with, because that's one of my favourite things to watch on the shows at the moment. But, yeah, I definitely do think that we're going to see MJF versus CM Punk down the road.
1: And but. I'm just super looking forward to this, to be honest. I think All In's going to be an amazing pay-per-view. I still find it hard calling one a pay-per-view and one company a PLE. But, yeah, it's going to be a great show. I'm super looking forward to it. And they did actually just announce this week that in Australia and New Zealand, All In is going to be free on ESPN.
0: And that makes you very upset, right?
1: Everybody, I think, who paid for it on Fight will be pissed. <laughs> but look, I think it's going to be amazing. More eyeballs get to watch this show.
0: Yeah, like they're not losing anything now. They've made like $9 million already on the game. Oh, and look,
1: ESPN so. would have paid for the right to fucking put it on the show for free.
0: I do not consider anything they do from here. They could just give away tickets for the rest of it now. They, they don't even need to charge for the rest oh, of Oh, look, if, they if you want to
1: solidify it. your uh, record... Start giving away free tickets.
0: Yeah, you'll piss everyone off who's paid for them, <laughs> but you know, give them a sticker or something, they'll be fine. Exactly.
1: But first, while we're talking about news, let's talk about Pro Wrestling Down Under. Pro Wrestling Down Under is a fantastic source for Australian professional wrestling news and upcoming events, as well as all the latest top news from WWE and
0: AEW. They offer some great exclusive content from interviews, opinion articles, and insights from some of the top Australian wrestlers to make it to the big promotions overseas. PW Down Under aims to be a source of information for people looking to get involved in Australian professional wrestling with events listing, training school bios, and news on the latest seminars across the country. So if you ever wanted to get involved in Australian wrestling, this is the place for you. Visit pwdownunder.com. That's pwdownunder.com.
1: Right, now what is happening around Australia and New Zealand when it comes to local independent wrestling? What do we got on your side of the world, Worship?
0: First off the ranks is Dude, Where's My Ring? They don't even go here. That one is on August 25th with a couple of international deathmatch wrestler specialist people coming in to do the thing. It's going to be a big show and it is just down the road from where I work, so I will probably be getting a drink and watching it myself. Outside of that, we have New Horizons Pro Wrestling NHPW Crossroads featuring Minoru Suzuki and Low Key, plus a heap more. That one is on August
1: 26th. Oh, I wish I could be seeing Minoru Suzuki live. Oh. (laughs)
0: <laughs> it's going to be such a stiff match.
1: All right, heading over to New Zealand now, Action Packed Wrestling, they're having their event encore. It's happening at Potter College at Helensville, New Zealand. It's on August 26th. You can pick up tickets at eventfinder.co.nz. Then we go to Renegades versus GCW. This is the big tour everyone's been waiting for. We're going to have some amazing internationals coming over and... Huge card. Huge card. This runs from August the 25th right through to the 27th. They're hitting Sydney, Melbourne, and Brisbane. Tickets are on sale right now. Make sure you get them because this one is going to be a banger. Now, All-Star Pro Wrestling, while we're talking about international stars coming over... They are having international invasion on September 9th in Hamilton North Bowling Club in Broadmeadow. That is going to be an amazing one. We've got Robbie Eagles from New Japan who is going to be coming back to one of his original home territories. So that one's going to be one well worth watching. There's also some internationals coming over from the UK as well. If you're in the Newcastle area make sure you pick that one up. September 16th, they're also going to be returning to Padstow on September 16th. This weekend Orlando Jordan was actually called out during their Padstow event so make sure you hit that one up. He's been called out to take on the heavyweight champion and you can hit them up at at the Padstow RSL. And also this week, Emo Mania by PWA was announced. This one's an interesting one. It's going to be a big crossover between uh, some emo DJs are going to be involved in it. And it's actually got a bit of a crossover with Twitch streamers as well. It's going to be a good one worth going to. September 2nd, that is going to be at Liberty Hall Entertainment Quarter in Sydney. Also this week, New Japan Pro Wrestling's local promotion, Tamashi, have announced that they've got an event coming up. It's going to be at the Crowbar on September the 15th. You can pick up tickets at OzTix.com.au.
0: And we've got World Series Wrestling on October the 6th to the 13th. Going to be an absolute banger of a tour as well. And we've got BCW 53 August 25th at the Whitehorse Function and Convention Centre in Burwood, East Victoria yeah so that is the wrestling that we've got on the list if you want to be a part of the list hit us up on the socials hit us up on twitter <coughs> x i guess hit us up on facebook hit us up on instagram as well or just you know at us where i am at underscore warship and you are
1: at fid McAwesome on everything including tout oh Tout. I haven't
0: heard that name in a fucking century.
1: (laughs) I don't even know if the servers are still up for that.
0: No, it's got to be down. It's (laughs) got to be down. It was just WWE's TikTok. That's all I ever saw it as. And I'm pretty sure that's all anyone ever has as well.
1: That's us for another week.
0: Yeah, good show. I enjoyed talking about all the things. I still feel like we've got so many notes every week and I still think that we need to probably work on maybe covering one or two things. But when we get started talking, we just don't seem to stop as well. But we hope that you enjoyed the show as well. And yeah. Hit us up on the socials. Please get a part of the conversation. We'd love to hear from you. Coming up soon, we've got some guests as well. That's the last thing I want to mention. We've got a couple of really cool people coming on to have a talk to us, and not just wrestlers either, but people involved in wrestling and people who are so important to the industry as well. Make sure you follow us for more information on that as it is made apparent. And thank you so much for listening, whether it's on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Music, and all the other places you listen to pods as well. And thank you so much for listening. And as always, we'll see you under the ring.